Welcome back to the program. We are glad to have you. They have won four of their last five, but uh, it has not been steady, not been easy. It's been a team that defensively, they have allowed numerous 20-plus point leads slip through their fingers. They have had uh, guys that have been banged up. Uh, they've been up. They've been down. And to talk more about the Milwaukee Bucks, our, our buddy Jim Ozarski, the Journal Sentinel, joining us here on the hotline. Jim, how you doing, pal? I'm good, Bill. How are you? I'm good. Uh, give me your assessment of this team, where they're at right now. Well, uh, I mean, I, it's, we are kind of what your record is at this point. And, and yeah, they're, they're one of the top teams in the East. However, you know, they've been five games over 500, I think, now since that 9-0 and start. And, you know, for, for a little bit, Bill, um, you know, they were about a 500 team. And while that's below expectation – I think you can zoom out and say, okay, wow, they, you know, their big three had played, you know, at, at that point, five games together. Um, Drew Holiday was playing, but was ill. So I, I feel like they had earned a little more grace than they were given, uh, considering the circumstance. But I, I definitely understood some frustration and or concern. Um, but no, I, I feel like, I mean, this Bobby Portis thing is just unfortunate. But I feel like if, if this five, if their five are together, along with Pat Connaughton and Joe Ingles coming off the bench, um, you know, they, they should they should hit a streak here, Bill. They should, in my opinion. Bobby Portis out for a couple of weeks with the knee-slash-ankle injury. And uh, Bobby Portis, from what I've watched, and I've said it all along, Bobby, Bobby Portis is – he, he's the energy guy. Uh, he's he's the guy that uh, people love. He's the guy. He, he's not dynamic and spectacular. He's just the energy guy. And my paranoia when it comes to watching this team, specifically in the second half of ball games, my God, Jim, you just watch him fritter away big leads. Nobody's playing defense. Uh, you see Budenholzer's frustration. I mean, that guy's aged probably twenty years in the last about two months. Um, you now now without Bobby Portis, what do they do? Who's the energy guy? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I think it all starts with your your best players. And now, while Bobby Portis in his role is the one who subs for Giannis, um, I mean that that's it's got to start with the big three. And and now that Chris Middleton, look, 15 minutes the other night, clearly after what happened last time, they are going to ease him back from 15 to 20 to 25 to five. I mean, who knows, right? But he's out on the court. And I think it may not be the flexing. It may not be the, the you know, high-fiving the fans that Bobby Portis does. But I feel like you can have energy in different ways. And that's when your best players have to do it. And perhaps, Bill, um, look, the big three, in reality, aren't going to play together a ton until the playoffs. What what what? fans don't remember because Chris has been out for so long. You stagger the minutes. Giannis goes to the bench. Chris and Drew handle the situation and vice versa, right? So I, I feel like that's what they're going to have to lean on because that sort of um, overt emotional aspect, I don't think that's replaceable. <laughs> I mean, that's Bobby's lane, right, Bill? So right. I, it'd be it'd be folly to think someone else is going to sort of just do that. Um, so I feel it has to come with quite frankly, excellent play from your most excellent players. Um, now, the, the the premise, when I start to talk Bucks, and, man, Bucks fans are adamant, and they get all over me, but, oh, don't worry about it. Once the playoffs get here, they're going to flip the switch. Can this team flip the switch? 
Ooh, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's – look, they won a championship with this core. That's the expectation. But two years ago, these guys all played. <laughs> so right. I, in terms of flipping a switch, I don't know if that's the right word. I feel like they, they, they deserve the ability to, to put it together. Bill, maybe that's the right phrase because I, I don't think this was a team. Look, they, they didn't load manage. I mean, Giannis and his knees are one thing, but Chris and Drew and Brooke Lopez play a lot of basketball when they're healthy. So I, I feel like as long as they play games together here, here Bill, and find a rhythm, um, I, I think Joe Ingles is important in, the, in all of this discussion. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it's flipping a switch so much as can they play extended time together here in these final right. 34 games? Um, and maybe that's maybe a dimmer. That's like, like sliding the dimmer switch up <laughs> as opposed right. to just flipping something on. Give me your thoughts on Grayson Allen. Uh, you know, one night you watch him, and, and, man, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. And then the next night he's coming in with very big clutch threes and, and dropping it from almost anywhere. Uh, he has had somewhat of an up-and-down season, right? I think offensively, you know, it, it, he probably hasn't been as consistent as he would like. And yet you look it up and there he is shooting about 40% from three. Um, you know, I, I do feel defensively, Bill, he's been better. Um, I, I think the fact Mike Budenholzer has put him on the likes of Kyle Kuzma and Jimmy Butler and some of these bigger wings when Holiday has been out shows a little bit of faith that, Boonholzer doesn't show everyone, right, <laughs> that, that aren't his best players. So Grayson, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I feel like he's he's caught in this strange spot, Bill, of trying to be better than the offensive player we saw in Boston, right, where, where you know, okay, space to floor, stand out there for threes, be ready for threes. Well, once that broke down and Boston wasn't going to give him that, and not just him, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, the same. They all got stuck, right? And, and nobody could score. So I think this year he's tried to put the ball on the floor, get to the paint, cut, try to create some extra offense where maybe that hasn't led to the same rhythms in shooting. Um, I, so it starts, it goes back to the, the playoff question, Bill, can you flip the switch? I think, I think it's building toward a better playoff performance. We have to see. But, yeah, I, I think that's why we haven't seen Grayson maybe be as explosive at times or hit five, six threes. I think they're, they are trying to do more than just stand around because clearly that didn't work last year. Talking with Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel covering the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks right now third in the East, only a half game behind Philadelphia, three and a half behind the uh, the best record in basketball. That's the uh, Boston Celtics. Give me your thoughts on Nomura. I, I you know when, when I kind of mention energy, he doesn't play a ton of minutes. He only plays anywhere from you know eight to fifteen to twenty minutes sometimes, depending on the night. But there's a little bit of energy there. Nuora comes in and gives you kind of something off of the bench when you talk about a reserve player that uh, that can at least fortify you for a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, he's interesting. I mean, we're talking about trust on defense. I, look, there's been times Mike Budenholzer has been very complimentary of Jordan Nuora's efforts on both ends of the floor, and then there's times where, where obviously Nuora doesn't play, and I, I think – Part of that is is due to health and 
space. I mean, Middleton's been out. Joe Ingles was out. I mean, that, there's your six, seven wing, right? Pat Connaughton missed 15 games. So now he, I mean, he's clearly the end of the bench in that way. He's not going to play over those other guys. Um, I have seen him, Bill, like he can catch and shoot that, without a doubt, right? Um, and I feel like if, if he comes in and does that, that's, that is a lift in a few minutes of hitting a couple baskets. I think where Jordan sometimes gets in trouble right now is when it's trying to create off the bounce, trying to do some other things at the rim where maybe he's, he's not there. It's not his fault, I don't think, because he doesn't have that experience. This team doesn't have the, the space for him to develop that, quite frankly. Um, but I get your point. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, when these guys are hurt or down or they need a little bit of an offensive spark, Jordan Ward coming in and knocking out a couple threes in a few minutes, you know, again, he's not going to flex. But, you know, you, you rattle off two, three threes in a row or two threes in a nice, you know, beat off to somebody else, offensive rebound like he's done. That can get that can get your home arena rocking. The uh, the whole Serge Ibaka thing, was that a distraction or was that just something that was put on the back burner? Uh, no, I, I don't think I don't think anybody in that locker room was distracted at all by Serge. Um, from my understanding and, and the time that I spent around him and, and saw him, um, obviously, it's not every day. It's not practice. But, uh, you know, I didn't see anything that would make you think he was sort of this lone wolf grumbling in the corner about his playing time. And now it's just unfortunate. I mean, this is the reason Serge Ibaka was here. It was it Berg Lopez or Bobby Portis got hurt? Now, right. by the time they decided this mutual parting of ways, those were the two Ironmen of the team. <laughs> Lopez and Portis had played almost every game. Um, and, and now, so I don't know if you can go home again. I don't know if you're John Horst and Mike Budenholzer. You could say, hey, Serge, we need you, you know, right. or, if, or if that ship has sailed and now they're – because look, Bill, it, I, it's not so much about Serge now. It's about Giannis. Giannis just came back from, what, 10, 11 days off. Clearly he needed it. Last year, the whole reason they, they traded for Serge, if people remember, is he was <laughs> – getting real tired, like physically tired of having mm-hmm. to play center, having to play the five. He didn't want to do it. It was him and Bobby, him and Bobby. And that was it. And now it's just going to be him and Brooke. How long? I mean, they're going to reevaluate Bobby Portis in two weeks. That doesn't mean he's coming back in two weeks. That right. means, Hey, Bobby can maybe start the process. And we know the bucks are conservative. This could be four weeks. Like mm-hmm. is Giannis ready to do that? So I don't know. It, so, no, I don't think Serge as an individual was a problem. I think now the fact that they're in this spot, um, do they need another big? Is Giannis good to go for four or five weeks like this? That's going to be the bigger question. Do the Bucks have the ability to – I mean, how, Boston's a good basketball team. For everything that went on with their coach prior to the season and such, Boston's a hell of a basketball team, and they have far outperformed expectations in a lot of different ways because of what went on earlier. Give me your thoughts on overcoming – because really, to me – uh, as much as I can think, maybe Philadelphia might be a, a competitive uh, type of team that can maybe be the the fly in the ointment. I, I still think it's you got to get past Boston. I know Kyrie's playing really well with Brooklyn right now and all that kind of stuff, but to me, it's Boston. So, is this team better than Boston? Uh, I, look, I'm going to say right now, no, uh, because I have to give I got to put respect on their name, Bill. You know, they beat the Bucks in seven. They went to the finals. They're the top team mm-hmm. in the East. Um, I, Chris Middleton hasn't played. 
So I, I can't objectively tell you the Bucks would win that series. Now, I do agree with you, though, that the Bucks and the, the Celtics are the two best teams. The, the, the 76ers got nothing for Giannis. I, look, yeah, Joel Embiid can do whatever he's going to do. James Harden and the, those two, a tremendous pick and roll duel. You're right. That may go six games, but I don't think <laughs> – I think we've seen enough of this, this, this play out that the Bucks are better than the Sixers. You're right. Kevin Durant's a problem. And that and he's so, he's so good. But to me, that's still a, a it's not quite a redux of two years ago. But I feel like the Bucks are the better team as a whole. Than, it is the Celtics because they're an experienced team that's way younger. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's Al Horford and there's Marcus Smart is maybe a little older, but their whole core build like that they're, they're they're really good. And they have beaten the Bucks. Let's go back to all the different playoff series since Giannis and Chris first started this ascent up. Guess who's beaten them? Boston, right? Yeah. So, no, I, I'm going to say Boston is still the top team in the East, and we're going to have to see, you know, maybe later in February, Bill, I think is their next matchup. Hopefully, if you're the Bucks, Chris Middleton's back, like fully back, and we can maybe get a better gauge of the two with semi, you know, maybe Bobby's back at that point. I don't know how many weeks that is, but if the, if the, let's say your top fives are together, I'd be really interested to see how the Bucks match up. Jimmy, great stuff, buddy. I appreciate it. And we're going to talk more as the season goes on. I appreciate it all, always, pal. Okay. Oh, of course. I'll talk to you, Bill, anytime. Thanks, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. Our good friend, Jim Ozarski, the Journal Sentinel, give us a lowdown on the Milwaukee Bucks. And they, They've played well, but they haven't played great in the mid-portion of the season. They were 10 and 11 in 21 games, and they're watching leads go away, and players were down, and now Bobby Portis is down a couple of weeks minimally, and then they'll reevaluate, like Jim said. So, and, and Serge Ibaka, apparently, you know, not happy with his minutes, and and so it's 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 been a difference. As for a season that we thought it was just going to be throw the basketballs out there, let them roll, and everything was going to be okay, it has been somewhat of a tumultuous season for the Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, thanks to Jim for joining us. Hey, uh, I want to remind you, our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, Pella, P-E-L-L-A, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, we don't have much time left. You're coming up on the end of the month, and you know what that means. That means that offer to get 0% financing until 2029 is going away. You need to get a hold of them and just say, hey, get me scheduled. Give me that free in-home free in-home consultation. I want to get on the book so that way I still have a shot at this in case this is something that I choose I want to do. You don't have to, but if you want to, now's the time to do it. 0% financing until 2029. So whether it's a patio door like I just had installed, windows like I installed years ago, uh, entryways, uh, if you're looking for, say, different windows on the inside, slider windows, roll screens on the insides of the windows, different interior, different exteriors, adding value to your home, making your home more economical. There's so many reasons to go with Pella, and they are the number one choice by homeowners. Uh, they're just that damn good. Go to Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com, or call. Pick up the phone, 855-PELLA-WI. That is 855 855- Pella WI. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael shows. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network.
This weekend, looking for some music, some entertainment. Uh, the Nice Ash, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. They have uh, all kinds of entertainment going on this weekend. Plus, they have poker on Mondays and uh, just a host of things. If you're looking for something to do, a cigar, good whiskey, uh, maybe a, uh, a hookah. So a lot of good stuff down at The Nice Ash. Go to theniceash.com, theniceash.com, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. And uh, tell them we sent you. Tell them we sent you. Theniceash.com. Fantastic stuff. Uh, let's get back to it. Um, if you want to chime in, 877-867-1670. Also coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, we've got picks coming up. we got our picks coming up. We're going to talk about the NFC and the AFC Championship Games and picks against the spread and such. And uh, Ben, Kenny, and I will make the picks. We've only got three games left. That's it. We've got the two this weekend. We've got uh, the Super Bowl, and that'll do it. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that as well. I've totally flip-flopped from last night, by the way. Have you really? Ah, I, I need to win this contest somehow, and I won't be okay. with agreeing. So, Okay. So, well, wait a minute. We, we differed. Didn't we? We differed on Cincinnati and Kansas City? No, I, I agreed with you because that's Did what you? my gut says. But okay. for the sake of the game. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll get into that. Coming up here about 10, 15 minutes. I'm looking forward to that. So now I know who you're going with. Um, this is from Mark. Mark says... Um, I believe that the Packers can be a good uh, football team next year. I think that they are going to be lacking in the coaching department. They should have fired Matt LaFleur, brought in. That, um, you run into problems when you just continually change coaches. I know people can say that. Well, you got to get a new coach. It's, 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 it's important. But it, it takes a while. It just, it just does take a while for things to, to, to gel. So I, I'm not I'm not of the uh, of the start firing people mode. Now I understand why they didn't get rid of Joe Barry. I don't like it, but Joe Barry's defense two years ago was pretty good. It wasn't bad. So if he can get back to that. Then I think, okay, you might have something. But that that's that's a big if. That's a really big if. But I'm I'm not I'm not one to fire coaches just to fire coaches. And I said that this this upcoming season it, there there could be a massive house cleaning if this upcoming season goes bad. Now the determination you have to make is do you want to get rid of Matt LaFleur? If, let's just say this upcoming season, Rodgers comes back, they run it back, same stuff, different day. You know what I'm saying? Okay, then what? Because you figure you're moving on from Rodgers, right? You would assume. Do you then want to change for the only system that, that Jordan Love has ever known, do you want to change head coaches and then throw him out there with that for his very first full-time season as a starter. I I don't I don't know if I I I do that. So um you you other coaches will certainly fall and apparently there's hey, did you see are they uh, letting go of coaches in uh in Buffalo, Ben? 
I saw Somebody some assistance. I saw okay. Dallas. Dallas got rid of a lot of assistants. Dallas, I think, got rid of four. Four assistant coaches. I saw the, the Bills safeties coach. Okay. There was a couple of people that uh, lost some jobs, but I, I don't know if that's – they said, oh, let the bloodletting begin, but I, I didn't actually see it. So I'm – you know, doing the show, I, I can sit here and watch a little bit of Twitter, but I, I can't pay attention to it full time. So I don't get a chance to see all that stuff. So sometimes stuff will be breaking, and if Ben doesn't tell me, I'll, I'll see it over – you know, somebody will post it on the Bud Light live stream or something like that. But, yeah, they uh, let go of four coaches in Dallas. And so, which would also lead you to believe that Mike, uh, Mike, Mike, Clemens, <laughs> Mike McCarthy's coming back. Because you're not going to let go of all the assistant coaches like that and then, you know, have Mike doing that and then, and then fire Mike too. Um, yeah, Rob Davis and Joe Philbin were let go in Dallas. Joe Philbin, long time, one of the assistants for uh, Mike, Mike McCarthy. And Rob Davis, Rob, remember, Rob Davis was the guy in Green Bay, longtime personnel guy in Green Bay. And then he went off one day. He went, I think he went off on the media or something. He went off one day, and it was just a bad look. And uh, it wasn't long after that that he was gone. So uh, he was out. 877-867-1670. If you want to chime in, call us. Otherwise, you can find us uh, via, via email. You can find us there. This one's from J.D., by the way. He says, hey, Unit, uh, I think most want to trade Rodgers simply because of Aaron Rodgers' fatigue, which you pointed out. And to use your previous Corvette analogy, you may be trading in a Corvette for a Chevette, but if you've driven the Corvette to the point of boredom, a Chevette may be kind of fun to drive for a little while or at least until you find the next upgraded Corvette. Uh, J.D., that that is... Um, <laughs> it's fun to drive, but it's not going to win you the race. And in Green Bay, it's all about winning the race, right? You know? Um, this is from John. says, uh, people keep going back to the 70s and the 80s. One thing that has changed since then is free agency. A competent GM can keep the Packers competitive using free agency. And with trades, just like Ron Wolf did, they may not win a Super Bowl, but they may be able to win the division and get bounced in the playoffs just like the last 10 years. That's John and Howard. Boy, that's just kind of a backhanded slap right there, isn't it? That's a backhanded uh, middle finger. Yeah. Um, by the way, the odds coming up, the odds coming up out of our friends at betonline.ag, uh, with either game in the championship weekend going to overtime, it's uh, eleven to two. Yes, one to ten. No. Will either game result in a walk off win? Six to one. Yes, one to fifteen. No. Uh, will there be a special teams TD? Five to four. Yes, twenty twenty to thirty three. No. My God, they're getting up there. They're getting crazy. Most passing yards this weekend. Who's going to have it? Burrow, Kansas City's uh, combined quarterback play. If indeed they go in that direction, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy. Burrow comes in at seven to five. Kansas City comes seven four. Jalen Hurts comes seven to two. Brock Purdy four to one. Most receiving yards, Jamar Chase, followed by AJ Brown, Travis Kelsey, Devonta Smith, T. Higgins, and it goes on down from there. Um, so a lot of prop bets coming into this weekend. A lot of prop bets. 
All right, let's do this. We're going to, uh, speaking of bets, Ben, Kenny, and I, we're going to make our picks against the spread. We're going to break both games down and make some picks, and uh, hopefully they live up to expectations. So stay tuned. Coming up with a lot more of the Bill Michael Show right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show continues on what do you got coming up you got live music every saturday night coming up at curly's waterfront pub and grill out on pewaukee lake and uh yesterday i think they had the taco tuesday uh but today's thursday trivia night tonight trivia night and they got bucks tickets to give away admirals tickets to give away they're going to test your knowledge tonight starting at 7 30 that's curly's waterfront bar and grill right there in pewaukee lake uh, again curly's waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, and tonight is Trivia Night. Bucks tickets, Admiral tickets to give away. So good stuff there. Uh, news coming out of uh, New England. As details continue to emerge about their disastrous 2022 season, Mac Jones' relationship with his coaches, including the quarterback coach, Joe Judge. Uh, Mac did not like him at all, according to some. Belichick would uh, blast Joe Judge in practice for some of the problems that uh, they had. Uh, so apparently things are, you know, Bill Belichick is a guru. Don't get me wrong. We all know that, right? We can all agree upon that. But what he did this year offensive was a travesty. Having Matt Patricia be your play call. Matt Patricia was terrible. They set Mac Jones back at least a year with all the garbage that they were running this year. What a travesty. Um, and who could have ever seen Joe judge not working out? Oh God! After the Giants yeah. debacle, talking He's about terrible. the the sanctity of the game, competitive nature, right? Remember that? Yeah, he's oh. he's terrible. Um, but that's they brought him in to be a quarterback. I never understood that to be a quarter, quarterbacks coach. It's hire somebody who's a really decent offensive coordinator. You know, like Bill Belichick should have been on the phone with Nathaniel Hackett. He should have been talking to him or. Some of the other offensive assistants coming out of say like Shanahan's, uh, you know, organization, um, you know, just gone in that direction. Uh, even you know, you not necessarily there, Eric Bieniemy because he's an offensive coordinator. But go down to Kansas City, try to pick up somebody coming out of Andy Reid's system. You know what they what they're doing there is just that, that's kind of a joke. Uh, well, I digress. Let's get to it. Uh, we've got the AFC and the NFC Championship games coming up this weekend. Cincinnati on the road at 12 and 4, 6 and 3 away from the jungle. The Chiefs are 7 and 1 at home, 14 and 3 on the season. They have lost, I mentioned it earlier, they have lost 5 games in the last 2 years and all of which are by 4 or less. 4 of those 5 they lost by 3, one game they lost by 4, but 3 of those 5 games they have lost to none other than the Cincinnati Bengals, 2 of which they have lost down there at Arrowhead Stadium. So, Ben, I'll let you go first in this one. I don't know, Bill. Mo kind of fired me up this morning on taking the Bengals to win this game. He did. He did. The Bengals have the same kind of of vibe that the Eagles had years ago when they were underdogs in every playoff game, and they just came out and found ways to win. And that's obviously different context, but that's what this Bengals team feels like. 
the line is down to Chiefs minus one, which means that people are being people are getting uh, excited about what Mahomes could look like. They think he's going to mm-hmm. be healthier. I'm taking the Bengals. I I, I think they can do oh, it yeah. again. I think they can go on the road. I think they can pressure Mahomes enough in the middle, which will be key. Pretty much do anything they can to disrupt him as the game goes along. As you mentioned earlier, it's what they did last year. It's how they won. There's something about how they were able to run the ball last week. Joe Burrow, uh, th- that receiving core. I just think they have it. I'm going to take the Bengals. Williams and Kappa on the Bengals offensive line, both of them banged up. They've got Jackson Carmen. They've got uh, Max Sharping. Uh, they have got those guys that have filled in. They filled in admirably last week. Um, I... I, and I said it to, to Mo Egger earlier today when we had him on. For those that uh, are tuning in late, we had Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 down in Cincinnati on the program. And, you know, you're right. Mo kind of got me fired up. But I am living as some Wisconsinites look at Wisconsin or Milwaukee Brewers or, or even the Packers now to a certain extent. Like, I just, it's like they're due. They're due to lose. Is, is there any other rhyme or reason to that? No. They're just due to lose. They they have beaten. They are three and zero. Joe Burrow is against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Cincinnati has as good, if not better, weaponry. I think their defense is getting after it. You are going to see Reader and Hubbard and uh, B.J. Hill. They are going to put all kinds of up the gut pressure with Trey Hendrickson uh, and and company. Uh, and uh, they're going to do everything they can to try to get Patrick Mahomes off his mark to see if that ankle is good or not. Everything tells me Cincinnati can win this game, but I'm picking Kansas City. I'm taking Kansas City, and I, Kansas City right now, a uh, a one point uh, one point favorite in this game. And the line shifted because originally it was two and a half points in favor of Cincinnati. Then last night it was what one and a half, Ben. And then since then the betting line has shifted to to Kansas City one point favorite. It was even last home. night. Was it even last night? So now it's shifted. The lines have shifted over. I think more and more people are thinking, okay, if Patrick Mahomes can go, there's a lot uh, of chip on his shoulder, we'll say. So I'm going to take Kansas City, giving one point in this one. Uh, I think Kansas City wins it, probably wins it by three, four. But Kansas City against Cincinnati has lost all three games by three points and has, a, has, and has had a seven-point lead in the second half of all three of those games, only to watch them lose them. So I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Kansas City to shore up a couple of things and get the win at home at Arrowhead. So you're taking Cincinnati, I'm taking Kansas City. I'm still rooting for Cincinnati. Don't get me wrong. So I'm kind of rooting for you, Ben. Which if that happens, we would ultimately end up probably tied. But uh, but I'm going to take Kansas. My my money says Kansas City. My head and heart say Cincinnati. Well, that takes it. Go ahead. Let's remember. Yes, the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs three times, but. Every time you have picked against the Bengals, and I have picked them in the playoffs, the Bengals have won. They won. So two unbreakable streaks going that both lead to the Bengals winning. So we'll see. Yep, they won. Then you got San Francisco, the 49ers, the Cinderella story that is uh, Brock Purdy, the number one overall scoring defense, the number one yardage defense taken on the Eagles. Jalen Hurts and company, the Eagles at 14-3, and 7-2 at the link. 49ers are 5-3. and on the road and uh, being on the road they not only on the road but they're going from west coast to east coast which is not an easy thing to do even though the game's a little bit earlier in the day it's not a noon start it's a two o'clock start central time three o'clock start 
Eastern time, so it's not a terrible uh, jet lag type of stretch. But um, I, this, by far, it's the better team. Uh, the, the Eagles are the better team, but this defense is unlike anything Jalen Hurts has faced all season long. Everybody keeps, and I said this last night, everybody keeps talking about Jalen Hurts. Well, if he can do it here, if he can do it here, he's had a hell of a season. He's beaten good teams. He beat the Giants. He beat the Cowboys. He's beaten good. He beat the beat the, the the Vikings. He beat a lot of good teams. And they kept saying, well, if he wins this one, then we'll believe. Now they're saying, well, this is a defense like he hasn't seen. And they're coming after him. And they're going to check that shoulder. And they're going to hit him hard. And on and on. And then if he wins this one, then they'll be for real. And I'm thinking, no, no. I just think this is where the wheels begin to come off uh, of the 49ers. It's not going to be a high-scoring affair. But Philadelphia, two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one, I think they cover. I'm taking Philly at home to win. I think they win by anywhere from 7 to 10, to be honest with you. But I'm t- it's not going to be a high-scoring affair. I think it's like 24-17, 24-13, something like that. 23-13, um, somewhere in there, that area. But I just saw Brock Purdy just wasn't able to move the balls consistently, even though they have a decent run game on McCaffrey. And really, I, I think McCaffrey's going to have to have a big night for the 49ers to win, but I'm going to take the Eagles uh, given two and a half. Bill, I must say I'm starting to get the jitters for this game. I, I'm The anxiety is starting to set in, uh, the excitement. The fact it's the early game I don't like. I wish I wish this was the night game at the link instead <laughs> of having to uh, go off during the day and then you know either be happy for the late game or, or be very, very sad. I'm with you. I... Uh, I'm with you on the Eagles minus two and a half. I don't see it as a seven to 10 point win necessarily. It's four or five to me. The margin is going to be so small in this game because when you have such dominant players all over the field at every position, there, there will be subtle mismatches that the coordinators will find. Can you match up a tight end on a, on a linebacker or on a safety? Can you get the run game going in a certain direction? But when you have that much talent on both sides of the ball, on both teams, it comes down to a game truly of do you turn the ball over? Can you score seven points in the red zone? Do you commit costly mistakes? Because remember, the Niners almost handed that game to Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, with a special teams mistake where they mm-hmm. they fumbled the punt. It's those things that change these games. And the Cowboys easily could have won that game if Dak Prescott played like an average quarterback. So I, I don't think it's that challenging to beat San Francisco, but you better be sharp. So I... I'm scared, I must say. I'm frightened that they'll come in and win because it seems too perfect, you know, from a Philadelphia perspective. But I'll take the Eagles so all of America can continue to hate Nick Sirianni. When we come back, we'll pick up some of the prop bets. We'll uh, talk a little bit about that when we come back as well. Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Buzzard Billies. They are out in Lacrosse, and uh, I'm looking forward. We're going to do the, the Bill Michaels Open out in Viroqua. I'm going to try to get up to Lacrosse. There's a couple of people that said, hey, when you're out here that weekend, can you swing by? I'll try to, and uh, Buzzard Billies is always one of my favorite haunts. Between Buzzard Billies downstairs for great food, Starlight Lounge upstairs, awesome place. Check out our Check out our friends at Buzzard Billy's in La Crosse downtown. Wonderful place to eat. Always got some great brews on tap. And then you go upstairs, Starlight Lounge, martinis, the chocolate martini, the Snickers martini. Uh, that You don't even, like, drink it. You just blow bubbles in it and hope for the best. I mean, that thing's just fantastic. So stop in to the Starlight Lounge as well. We've got more prop bets next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show.
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Here's Mike Clemens. The NFL's conference championships are coming up this Sunday. It's the Eagles and the 49ers, followed by the Bengals and Chiefs in Kansas City, where the game time temperature there could be around 22 degrees. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes was able to practice yesterday despite that sprained ankle he suffered against the Jaguars. How does he feel? Um, I'm doing good, you know. AFC Championship week, ready to go. How's the ankle? It's doing good, you know. I've had a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Uh, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out uh, and uh, see where I'm at, but uh, it's feeling good so far. For the second year in a row, the Chiefs and Bengals will play in the AFC Championship game. Are the teams beginning to feel as familiar as divisional opponents? Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Yeah, I would say probably both ways. I, I would say that they, they know us and we know them. And, you know, we're all searching for that little extra thing that you can throw at them. So we've played each other enough to... You know, we're, we're, I'm sure both sides feel that way. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow is the first quarterback to beat Mahomes three games in a row. This will be the fourth meeting in just two years. Played him twice the last two seasons and really basically a month apart each time. You know, we know them, they know us. We have the experience. The team that's been to this, this game the last five seasons, and they've all been in that stadium. So to me, they're still the team to beat, and, and we're coming for them, but we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be hard fought, and we know the kind of players that they have on that side. That's Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. I tell you all the time about Dwayne's cover it all, and I say, look, he can cover anything. And yesterday, I'm perusing Facebook, and um, when I was down at uh, New Berlin Outhouse yesterday, I had a little time to kill. And I tell you all the time, he can do many different things, and sure enough, it was a bunch of gym equipment. Benches, headrests, uh, the uh, roller bars that go behind your knees when you do, you know, leg lifts and stuff, or, uh, you know, you do quads. Uh, he can do everything, and it's fantastic. Get, get a hold of it, whether it's boat covers, upholstery, canvases for, say, your awning out in front of your business, or business stuff, or a gym equipment. Get a hold of my buddy Dwayne. He is fantastic. Go to Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. And uh, see for yourself everything that I talk about, because it's just really good. 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119. Again, 715-870-2119. And uh, if you're a business owner, you will not be sorry. You'll save yourself a bunch of money, too. So the most passing yards this weekend will be by whom, Ben? I would guess Burrow. I heard the props. That's my that's my first guess. I just Burrow? Y- you feel like they'll need him, too. Okay. You can't really rely on Mahomes' ankle. And with both the Eagles and the Niners, I think they might be best suited if their quarterback is not throwing for a lot of yards. Who will have the most rushing yards? Uh, McCaffrey, Sanders, Pacheco, Mixon, Jalen Hurts, Elijah Mitchell, or Kenneth Gainwell? Hmm. That's one of you those. That... They, they, don't put, uh, they don't put Mahomes in there. Right. That could go anywhere. I might take I might take Mixon because that's how the Bengals will win. But I'd say Mixon or Pacheco. I just don't see the I, offenses know, on Sunday afternoon having much success. You know the other guy that's explosive. I, they don't have P Ryan on there either. Out of Cincinnati's backfield, they don't have P Ryan on there. He's hmm. more of a receiving guy, though. I feel. Yeah, like. yeah, that's true. Plus the, the the carries just won't be there. How many yards do you think Brock Purdy? throws for the over and under is 219 and a half 
I hope it's over because that means they're not winning, likely. Right, right. That means he's trying to push it down the field. Right. Unless they do the whole Seahawks game where he throws a five-yard slant to Debo that turns into an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah, the they got a whole lot great. of stuff there regarding uh, the 49ers. Jalen Hurts over and under on passing yards is sitting 249 and a half. Uh, I, I would say under. What are the what are the weather weather conditions by the way in Philadelphia this weekend? It's supposed to be unseasonably beautiful, really, which kind of okay. stinks. But then again, you know, there's always the oh, 50, yeah. 40, and sunny, and then it's fifteen and crappy. But right. we'll see. Because I think in Kansas City it's supposed to be like twenty two to twenty four. Originally they were talking about in the teens with zero wind chill. Now I think it's it's gone up. The temperature down there's gone up. Last I checked. Will Jalen Hurts have a rushing touchdown? Always. Always. It's the best bet in the book. <laughs> that and Boston Scott scoring against the Giants. Now, here's where uh, I, I went with this. So, uh, the first half uh, margin of victory, Eagles by 13 or more, is 18 to 5. Eagles by 1 to 6 points, 4 to 1. Eagles by 7 to 12 points, 4 to 1. San Francisco by one to six, San Francisco by seven to twelve, San Francisco. The I would say San Francisco by one to six in the first half. I'll go I would bet that. I don't think I'd bet by thirteen or more. You're getting into the degenerate stuff now, Bill. Yeah, I am. First half winning margin. Par- yeah. Parlay that with the game total. Now we're talking. The to- well, the total margin of victory. Uh I'd have I put nine to two down at a plus four fifty with uh Philadelphia seven to twelve points. Ooh. My favorite bet to get out of the the rat race of being down a lot of money would always be uh, tie tie game in the first half and then one team to win it in the second. But it has to be tied at halftime. It's my favorite bet. First score of the game between the Eagles and the 49ers. Uh, Philadelphia touchdown, San Francisco touchdown, Philly field goal, San Francisco field goal, safety, safety. Who gets the first one? I would take a safety for the chaos, but now, no, all jokes aside, I do think the Eagles are going to start with the ball because they did it against New York and they got out ahead and they were able to really get everyone going and and play downhill. Right. I don't think they'll give the ball to San Francisco with the fright of them holding it for eight minutes. So I'd say the Eagles score a field goal. Just some of the prop bets. uh, They got Joe Burrow's uh, passing yards line at 279 and a half and one and a half touchdowns. Uh, the over and the under. I, I'm going to go over the the touchdowns, but I'm going to go under the passing yards uh, just because uh, the weather sometimes plays into that. Especially if they get the lead, you don't necessarily have to throw it so much. Another hour yet to go. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.